This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Everybody know that? I don't know where all our Easter folks went, but anyway. <laughs> but you know, while we celebrate the fact of Jesus' resurrection last week, the historical fact of it, we looked at the, the power of the resurrection, the power to give us a new life. I'm so glad that it's not just a one-time thing, but that the power of Jesus' resurrection is to be working in our lives continually, isn't it? Every day, that power is at work in us, and it's at work uh, causing us uh, to come into the image of Jesus more and more, being more like Him, experiencing more of uh, what the historical power and fact of Jesus' personal resurrection now alive in us. So we're doing a series called The Power of Resurrection uh, over the next uh, four weeks because I want us to understand that it doesn't just stop with Easter, that those of us who put our faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that that resurrection power is at work in us every day. Every day. And we need to become more and more aware of the resurrection power of Jesus. And that resurrection power has to do with our everyday living. You know, God's not just a Sunday God. Amen. He's not just a God on Sunday and then the rest of the week we, we make it the best we can and, and we get here to, to Sunday and we, you know what? We got a Sunday Jesus. Some people, they do have a Sunday Jesus. And I feel sorry for them because you need a Monday. I mean, where I, I really need Jesus is, is the Monday through Friday. Isn't that right? It's Saturday and every day. So we want to talk about the power of resurrection. And I want to talk about resurrecting the power of resurrection and resurrecting our dreams. God's a God of dreams. And uh, one man has said this, that the language of the kingdom and the language of the Holy Spirit is in dreams and visions. The Bible says that as we delight ourselves in Him, he will, he will give us the desires, the dreams of our heart. In other words, we get that passion, that desire, that dream begins to rise up in us from our time spent with God and walking in His will and following His ways. And then all of a sudden those desires begin to be formed in us by God. And that gives us direction. That gives us purpose for our life. God wants us uh, to have that dream. He wants you to have a dream. And sometimes even though we've had a dream, sometimes in the everyday stuff of life, how I many you know things happen? You know, I, I, I've been in ministry now for 37 years and you know, people naturally, you know, uh, especially in our culture, they think the pastor's the answer man. Uh, I'm not your answer man. Uh, the answers are found here in the Bible, amen, and in prayer. But, you know, when I was younger, man, I thought I had to, I thought, uh, we got a pastor visiting, maybe you went through this too, pastor. I thought I had to answer, I had to have the solution to every problem. I had to an answer to every question. Finally, I realized I just did not have the answer to every question, but God does. But, you know, life happens. I can't explain everything. Can you explain it all? If I could explain it all, I'd probably be up in heaven with the apostles. 
but I can't explain everything, but I know this life happens. And sometimes in the, in the, in the stuff of life happening to us, we can lose our sense of that dream. We can lose our passion. We can lose that desire. And so I want to talk to you today about the resurrecting power of God to resurrect that dream, that, that purpose, that, that desire that He put into you. Amen? Amen? Do you remember when you first got saved? Oh, I can. Man, I'm telling you, now I know, like I say, a lot of y'all did God a favor when you came to God, but He didn't get any favors with me. He just got a big work to do. But I remember when I got saved, I mean, I'm serious. The grass seemed greener. The sky seemed bluer. I mean, it was, it was different. I mean, everything was different. And God just put such a hunger and a desire in my heart to, to know Him and to please Him. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Sure you do. But in the process of time, you know, that, that we can lose Something about that first love. We can lose something about that hunger and desire. And so today I want to talk about resurrecting that. Amen? If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to Joel's. I want to just read a scripture there. If you don't, I'm going to read it. So we'll, either way, you're going to get it. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Of course, this is a prophetic chapter here, Joel's talking about the last days. As a matter of fact, we know Peter on the day of Pentecost, uh, he quoted from Joel. Verse 28, I want to read this. And he says, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy and your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. So if you're dreaming dreams, you're in a certain category. I'm And if you're seeing visions, you're in another one. I want to stay in the vision category. But I might be edging toward the dream category. But what I want you to see is how God speaks to His people. Yes, primarily He speaks to us from the Scriptures, from the Word of God, by the witness of the Holy Spirit. But also, He gives us dreams and visions. Now, I'm not saying necessarily you're caught up to the third heaven like Paul was. But as we walk with God, as we put God first, His kingdom first, something is birthed in us. Sometimes it's a dream for our family. I hope you've got a dream for your family. Men, you ought to have a dream for your family. You ought to have something that you're praying that God has put in your heart concerning your your wife and your children and your family. You're the priest in that home, and you should be praying over your wife, your family, and your children. You should have a direction for them, a dream, and a hope for your family. Don't let your life be on autopilot. That's great if you're flying a plane or, you know, it's great if you're on a long trip on the interstate. Man, I love it. You know, I can kick into cruise control and that's nice. But God does not called us to live and walk out uh, His grace in our lives on autopilot. As soon as you start doing that, you're going to have a wreck. We were just coming back from the Atlanta airport, uh, what was it, Thursday night, I believe it was. And uh, we had picked up our son. He was flying in from Baltimore. And we, we picked him up and we were coming back. And it was raining. And, you know, and all of a sudden the traffic slows down and it begins to back up. And you know what that means if you've done any traveling. 
something's going on up ahead. Sure enough, when we finally got up there, I mean, vehicles had were run off the, completely off the interstate, run off into the trees and everything, and I mean, all kind of things going on. You know, if you just try to operate your life on autopilot, it's not going to work out so good. Are you listening? We are to be led. That means if I'm being led, there must be some motion. And if there's some motion going on, then I need to have my eyes in the right direction. So do you have a dream? Maybe it's about uh, your marriage or your home life. Do you have a dream? Maybe it's about your business. You say, God cares about my business. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we've, we've, I've taught about it before here. I absolutely do not like this the, the way we divide things up, we talk about the secular, and then we talk about the spiritual. If God wasn't interested in the physical, why did he make a planet and give man a body? Why didn't he just, we just stay in, live in the spiritual realm, and we, we would just live in that, Paul says there's a spiritual body. We would just be spiritual beings living in a spiritual realm. But God's plan for man was that he would not only be a spiritual being, but there's also part of us that's a natural being. Not everybody's called to pastor, not everybody's called to preach, but God has a calling that is unique. He has a purpose that is unique for your life, and if that means uh, that, that you're a businessman or you're an entrepreneur or you, or you go t- to a job to, to work for your family, listen, it's not just about you paying off uh, your house or, or paying off a car. God's got a purpose that is connected to whatever He's called you to do. There's a kingdom purpose there. There's a God-given purpose there. And he wants you to have a dream for it, just like a pastor has a dream for his flock or for his church. Thank you for those three amens. (laughs) See, you can have a dream. Young people, let God give you a dream. Let his purpose rise up within you. So that you have a direction for your life that you're not just listening to the wisdom of the world for direction for your life, but you're listening to God. And God's giftings and abilities and, and, the, and the desires that begin to rise up in you, that is part of God's language speaking to you concerning your purpose and His plan for your life. And you ought to treat it just as serious as the pastor does for his church, as the evangelist does for his call. As a missionary does for, for, for where God sent them. Man, it's God connected. Because it's a God dream that he gives you. It's a God purpose that's connected to his kingdom. Amen? Or maybe that purpose that, that you want to make a difference. You know, from the time I got saved, there was something on the inside of me that says, you know what? That there was more to life than paying the bills. Up until that time, you know, I got saved when I was in college. I shared that with you, uh, those of you that this is your home church, you know. And I was going in one direction. And what, but when I got saved, it was like God said, okay. He said, I want you to make a difference. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I haven't changed the world. I'm not saying that. But in my own niche, in my own place, in my own uh, calling, as it were, you know, I want to, and I believe to some small degree, I've made a difference. And that's what makes a difference in getting up every day. I mean, who wants to get up just so you can go make widgets at the widget factory? 
Nothing wrong if you're a widget maker. But let there be a connection to God with it. Amen? I'm making these widgets to the glory of God. I'm going to witness to the people at the widget factory. And I'm going to allow God to bless me and prosper me so, what? so that I can help finance the gospel. Because I'm ready for, you know, us to get this thing wrapped up and Jesus to come back. How about you? Amen? So God is a dream giver. Say that with me. God is a dream giver. He absolutely is. He wants to give you a dream. He wants, to, he wants to see good things be birthed in your life that have to do with His calling and His purpose for you. Look in Psalm 37 over there. How you doing out there? You okay? You happy? If, you, if you're happy, smile. You know, I have to look at your faces up here. So smile for me. <laughs> Psalm 37, 4. It says, take delight in the Lord. Now, if you want a dream that's from God and not just one that, that you, you've concocted on your own, the first thing is this, delight yourself in the Lord. See, there's a, there's a caveat to this. You have to delight yourself in the Lord. If you're just going to go your own way and do your own thing, then, you know, I don't believe in it, but the best I can tell you is good luck. Because you're going to need something. But if you delight yourself in the Lord, notice what he says he's going to do. He says, he says take delight in the Lord and he will give you the, the desires of your heart. Now I know that we can interpret that one of two ways. If you delight yourself in the Lord, then he's going to grant you the desires of your heart. That could be a, a one translation, but the one I really believe is the primary one is that as we delight ourselves in the Lord then He is going to put within us His desires for our life. Jesus said it this way. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, right? And then what? All these other things will be added to you. So I believe if we will delight ourselves in the Lord, we will find out that God is the dream giver. And I've always found this out. I don't know what your experience has been, but mine has been this, that God always wants a whole lot more that's best for me than I want for myself. His dream is always better for me than something that I would dream up for myself. Amen? And so I like that because, you know, in left to myself, I can be self-centered sometimes. Now, I know you're not that way. But sometimes we can become egocentric, can't we? And we can come up with a dream that sounds really good and really big and really wonderful. But is it based in God? Because if it's not, then you're on your own to bring that to pass. But if it's a God dream that He's given us, then we can rely on His leading, on His grace, on His favor, on His spirit, on His promises, on His word. Amen. When you're following God's path, He will do some amazing things to bring His dream to pass in your life. You know, I've told you this story. You know, when, when I was going to Bible school, uh, you know, I was out in the city. You know, you know, I'd driven. It was in another state. I'd driven several hundred miles. I was, I was there. You know, I was a young man, you know, and boy, I was really prospering. Everything I owned fit in my car. <laughs> I was like Abraham in the tent. I didn't even have a tent. 
and I was out there, you know, and, and you know, and I believed that it was, it was what God was speaking to my heart, and, you know, and I was a little bit like Abraham. I went out not knowing all the details. I just knew I needed, God wanted me to get some training in this particular Bible school, and I was out there, and, you know, and, and I'd been accepted by the school, but I didn't have anywhere to stay, and, you know, and, uh, you know, my needs were bigger than my pocketbook. You ever been there? So, I, you know, the, I'd got there that evening and the next day, you know, I, I was going to be calling around and, you know, I was going to be working. I was going to be like Paul. I was going to work and put myself through Bible school. You know, I'd done that through college when I'd get, I got my uh, BA degree, but I was going to do it through Bible school too. So I'm out there, you know, and the next morning, uh, now some of you younger folks can't relate to this, but, you know, I, I pulled up at, at kind of like a 7-Eleven get-and-go place and I was going to make some phone calls using the phone booth. I'm really dating myself. This was way before anybody thought about cell phones. Except maybe if you watch Star Trek. So I, I'm waiting, you know, I'm going to make some calls and try to set up some interviews about a job, you know. But there's somebody using the phone booth, so i got to wait. So I'm sitting there waiting until he gets through. And I'm sitting there looking through the paper, and all of a sudden, somebody taps on my window. And it's this guy. And so I roll down the window thinking, you know, he's going to ask me, you know, directions or something. And, you know, I'm brand new to the town. I don't know how to get anywhere. And instead, he says, you wouldn't happen to be looking for a job, would you? I said, well, yeah. And he said, well, there's a guy on the phone here. And he said, I was supposed to go to work for him today, but I got a different job. And he asked me if I knew anybody, and I told him to hold on a minute. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And so I said, yeah. So I talked to the guy and went, you know, and got the interview, and I had the job that day. I didn't even have to pay for the phone call. That's what I'm talking about, okay? Now, it may not be always exactly that way, but, you know, God has a way when we're following His path and His dreams He's put within us, His desires. He knows, he knows exactly, I mean, He's got your number. And it doesn't matter where you are. He knows exactly where you are. He knows the right connections you need. He knows the right doors to be open. He knows what He's got to work in you to prepare you to be ready for that dream. See, you may have a big dream that God's spoken to you, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. There's going to be some preparation, both spiritually and naturally. You're going to have to learn to walk that thing out by faith. You're going to have to learn to trust God, kind of like I did. I mean, I, I went out there, you know, several hundred miles away. I mean, I went out, mm, okay, God. I mean, you know, this, this was 37 years ago, 38 years ago. I'm not stopping counting at 38. So, I, you know, I didn't know as much as I knew, know now. And I'm still, don't know a whole lot, but I knew, know a little more now than I knew then. So I went out not knowing, but that's, that's the beauty of the thing. Listen, some people want, you know, their Christian life, they want everything to just fit neatly in a box. They want everything. Give me the one, two, threes. Give me the A to Z. Give me the, how boring. That's so dull and boring. Don't you want, see, a lot of people think, oh, you get saved, that's it, man. I mean, you know, uh, you, you can only eat vanilla ice cream after that. I mean, God's got flavor. I've had more adventure following God than I ever would have had on my own. 
I could tell you story after story after story. When you follow God's dream, it, listen, young people, it's not dull and boring. If you've got a dull and boring flavor, you need to tra- trade it in or at least get some toppings on it. I mean, I, it's, it's, you know, from the time we served as missionaries to the time we served as pastors, it's been exciting. It's exciting following God's dream. Amen? So, how do we delight ourselves with Him? It's time with Him. It's in prayer. The prayer is not just, just shouting out, God, God, my name's Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. That's not the prayer I'm talking about. I'm talking about where we fellowship with God, where we worship Him, where we just come in and tell Him how good He is, how wonderful He is, how great He is, how much I love you. Uh, Lord, I belong to you. You've you've saved me. I'm yours. Whatever you want to do in my life. And I just spend love on God and I just wait on God and let Him begin to download His desires in my heart. And all of a sudden, in the course of time, there will be a desires begin to bubble up on the inside of you. And it won't be just about you. It's going to be about the kingdom of God. It's going to be about a purpose. It's going to be about something bigger than just you. Oh, yeah, it'll be, it's going to involve you. You're going to be blessed. But I want to tell you what, it's going to be bigger than just about me. But see, it means I'm going to spend time. I get this book. Listen, when you go to pray, take this book with you called the Bible. You begin to just love on God. Man, sometimes, you know, I'll just begin to read through the Psalms and I'll read a little bit. And the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to my heart about that. And I'll just start praying it out. God, yes, give me a broken spirit and a contrite heart like David had. God, I want to be teachable. Guide me in the way that you want me. Man, and I just love on God and I read and I pray. You know, let the, let the desires of God begin to bubble up on the inside of you. Man, He'll send you to people. He'll send you to places. He'll open doors for you. He'll bring provision. Oh, it's, it's, it's awesome seeing God work. Seeing God pull things together, you know, there's no way in the world I could have figured this out in 10 lifetimes. But God did it. And it not only blessed me, but you know what? It brought blessing to other people. Hallelujah. Well, this is pretty good, Pastor. It's about putting His kingdom before your kingdom. See, we're talking about getting a God dream. See, a lot of people get a dream and ask God to bless it. But if you'll spend time with God, you put God's kingdom first, He'll put the desires in your heart, and you pursue those, the blessing will be on it. Amen? Listen, I, I haven't been perfect about it. I've made, I've made some zigs when I should have made a zag. And I want to tell you, when, when, I, when I went left and God went right, it wasn't pleasant. You ever, you ever been there? But I'll tell you what, it sure got me back on track real quick. Isn't that right? The desire of your heart is a green light. When you, now listen, I'm talking about when you're doing this, when you're seeking God. And you're putting Him first. The desire of your heart is the green light. Are you listening? Because you can't spend time with God and have an unholy dream. Are you listening? You can't spend time with God and have a covetous spirit. 
You say, I thought you just said the offering that God wanted to bless my business. He does. But he didn't want you to have a covetous spirit. Amen. See, the Bible doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is. See, you can have that working and not have two nickels rubbed together. I, you know, I, I've had plenty and I've had a little. Of course, I, I've learned in the process of little to trust God. But, you know, the thing I've found out in my experience is people who are chronically poor think about money more than people who have plenty. Because when you're in lack, all you can think about sometimes is that thing staring you in the face. Isn't that right? But when you have plenty and your heart is right before God, you don't have a covetous spirit. And when you don't have a covetous spirit, you will be generous with what God gave you, whether it's abilities, time, or money. Okay? So the green light, the desire of your heart, if you're seeking God first, listen to me carefully. Because, see, I, I know through the years people will go out, well, the pastor said God's going to give me whatever I want. That's not what I said. That's what your filter said. There, I'm, I'm telling you, you must put God first. Say that with me. I must put God first. That's for your protection. Because you go running off after your own dream, then you're on your own with that. And that can get you in some trouble. Desire of your heart is a green light. Now, let me share something I believe is a principle about the dream cycle uh, that God works in our life. Because when God gives us a desire and a dream, you know, here's the thing I found out about God. He is not a waster. I mean, isn't it amazing how this world works, even under the curse? It's, it's still a pretty amazing place to be, isn't it? That, you know, that, that even something from the smallest microbe has a purpose. The microbes in the earth, the, you know, the little earthworms down there, they all have a purpose. Everything is connected. Everything has a purpose, what, to, to help us to enjoy all the benefits of this planet. Isn't that true? And so we need to understand when God gives us a dream, it is not only just seeing that dream fulfilled, that's important to God, but it is the process of that dream coming to fulfillment and our cooperation with it in God that brings about, what, growth? It causes me to become more like Jesus. It builds my love. It builds my faith. It builds my trust. It builds all kind of things in me. So when I talk about the dream cycle, when God gives you the dream, it doesn't mean tomorrow that it's going to come to pass. But as you pursue the dream, God's going to do something in you. So this dream cycle, you know there in Genesis 37, we won't turn over there, 37 and 5, if you know the story of Joseph, it says this, it says, and Joseph dreamed a dream. Joseph dreamed a dream. And his dream was a God-given dream. And your dream can be a God-given dream. Isn't that right? If you will put God first and His kingdom first and you spend time with God. Listen, you can't spend all your time, you know, doing other things no matter how legitimate they be and you don't spend time with God, you're not going to get a God dream. But Joseph dreamed a dream. He says he dreamed a dream. And he began to share his dream with his brothers. Now, you would think, <clears throat> excuse me, you would think that, you know, 
they're going to be excited about my dream. It's a God dream. But not everybody's going to be excited about your dream. Are you listening? His brothers turned out to be jealous about his dream. Well, you know what? If their heart had been right toward God and if they were seeking God, they could have had their own dream. But Joseph dreamed a dream. And so we see the dream is given. There's a point in time where the dream, the desire from God is realized. We realize, you know what? God's put this desire in my heart. God's given me a dream. God's given me a vision, whether it's for my family or, or, or for a business or for a career pursuit. Or it might be for ministry for some. But whatever it is, you begin to realize that. Then the next thing is what? Is I begin to take a step of faith. I begin to talk about my dream. Are you listening? When's the last time you, ha- you talked about your dream from God? When's the last time you shared it? When's the last time you talked about it? See, it may need to be resurrected. Your dream may be dead. Maybe, maybe in the process of time, it's taken a while. You know, if you look at most of the God-given dreams that we have illustrations of in the Scriptures, they didn't happen overnight, did they? I mean, Joseph, it took him anywhere from 15, 16, 17 years. David took a while. We know Abraham's dream took about 25 years. Wow. At 99, he was still dreaming. He was holding on to his dream. Sometimes in the passage of time, time can wear on us, can it? Stuff happens. It can wear on us. We, we, maybe we have a setback. Maybe it looks like it's never going to happen. We look at the circumstances of our life and we think, God, wait a minute. You said this and this is what I see. So the dream is given. But in the process of time, it can appear that the dream died. I mean, think about Joseph. He had this wonderful dream. He was all excited about his dream. He shared it with his brothers. Then he shared it with his dad. He was all excited about his dream. Oh, God's given me a dream. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. And then he's looking up from the pit. Hold on. Wait a minute, God. I I didn't know it was going to be this pit path. I thought it was just going to be, you know, everything was going to be wonderful. I mean, God's given me this wonderful, I mean, you know, wow, this is a great plan. I just thought, you know, my business, this business you give me, it's going to take off overnight. I thought everybody would be excited about my dream. Not everybody's excited about my dream. Because as soon as God gives you a dream, how many of you know you have an enemy? Sure you do. Satan, the devil, Lucifer, by any other name, he's still the same. He's the one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy, isn't it? The enemy of God and the enemy of man. So he, he, will, he will do his best to try to discourage you, to dissuade you, to cause you to doubt. To cause you to give up because the dream is delayed. But I'm telling you, this is the cycle. The dream is given, then the dream will be delayed. It seems like the dream has died. It seems like it's not going to come to pass. Does anybody have a desire, a dream that God's given you? It's not yet come to pass besides me? Amen. Don't give up. Don't give up. You know it's from God. Don't give up. I said don't give up. Everybody say that. Don't give up. That's right. 
Look over, you're close right there. Look in Psalm 105. I've got to hurry along here. We're talking about the resurrection power of Jesus to resurrect our dreams. And when we say our dreams, we mean what? The dream God gave us. God has a dream for us. I believe that. He has a purpose for every one of us. And He wants to fulfill it. And, you know, because, you know, in fulfilling that dream, there is the ongoing revealing of God's redemption in our life. Now I'm no longer living for myself, I'm living for God. I'm living for His purpose. I'm, I'm pursuing His plan. And I know out of that, not only will I be blessed, but see, with God's plan, many will be blessed. Amen? It's like dropping a pebble in a pool, isn't it? The ripples go out. And you don't know, as you follow God's dream for your life, the impact how it will affect other people. Amen? Psalm 105 is talking about Joseph here. Let's look in about verse 17. Let's pick it up there. It says, He sent a man before them, talking about Israel. Joseph sold as a slave. Boy, that's a heck of a way to get to your purpose, isn't it? And he, he said, They bruised his feet with shackles, his neck was put in irons. You still want a dream? Till what he foretold came to pass, till the word of the Lord proved him true. Now I want to stop there. When God gives us a dream, maybe he speaks to you in your prayer time out of, out of the word of God. He speaks to you. He, 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 he quickens a passage of scripture to you. He begins to give you a desire. Listen, then, you know what? God wants to develop us. On the way to the dream is development, is growth. Are you listening? I mean, it would have been real easy for Joseph to have gotten bitter, wouldn't he? I mean, what did I do? I got a dream from God. As soon as I got this dream from God, my brothers got jealous of me. They plotted to kill me. They did put me in a pit. Then they sold me into slavery. Then I'm over here. I'm doing the right thing. I'm living a righteous life. I refuse, you know, to give in to the temptation of the flesh with Potiphar's wife. So what did he get for that? He got put in prison. From the pit to the prison. How's that dream working out for you? But see, what we need to understand is that God wants to develop us. And when we get that dream, and as we pursue it, there will be obstacles to overcome. Why? So that we can grow in our faith. There will be people that we will need to forgive. Because there will be opportunity for bitterness as time goes by. As a setback comes in our life, as we're pursuing God's plan and purpose for our life, there will be things that will happen. And we can either get better or get bitter. Thank God Joseph got better, didn't he? You know, at the end, he said, he said, all this stuff that's happened, he said, he said, you meant it for evil, but God turned it around for my good. Now, didn't Paul say something similar in Romans 8? We know that all these things work together for good to them who are called according to his purpose. 
So there's going to be some development during this time when it looks like the dream's not happening, when it looks like it's dead, when it looks like it's not working. Listen, remember this, God's working on you. He's not only working on the dream, but He's working on you and on me and in me and in you as we pursue the fulfillment of that dream He gave us. Amen? It says, till the word of the Lord proved him. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people set him free and made him master of his household and ruler over all he possessed. Listen, there's going to come a day when your dream will be resurrected. When the king is going to say the word, the king, King Jesus, is going to sin and he's going to say, okay, it is, the time is now. The time is now for your dream to be fulfilled. The time is now for your Isaac. The time is now for you to sit on the throne, David. The time is now for the healing of your marriage, the the salvation of your family. Whatever it might be, there's going to come a time when the dream, the king will send and say, that is it. Loose them and let them go. The resurrection of your dream. Now, this word says, this word here where it says the word of the Lord proved him, or it might, if you got the King James, it says tried him. That word literally means to refine. To refine. You know, uh, uh, in the days of the, well, I guess they still do it, but in the days of the gold rush, you know, when they went out, you know, either in California and then in Alaska, the gold rush, you know. To begin with, people just, you know, were walking along and they saw nuggets, you know, on the ground. They picked up the nuggets. And then some other people said, well, you know, if there's nuggets here, there must be a source. So, you know, they begin to pan for gold, you know, because uh, wherever the source was, you know, that water would stream, would bring it down there and they pan for it. But then somebody went even beyond that and said, well, listen, if there's nuggets here and if it's, you know, if it's washing down in the stream, if I follow this stream back, I'm going to find the mother load. But when they found that gold and they dug it out, and I've, I've, I've seen this uh, when, when uh, Cindy and I, when, when we were living in Bolivia, there was a brother who had a, a gold mine, and uh, he wanted me to go and pray over it. See, this is interesting things you, God will get you to do when you follow God's plan. I never thought I'd be driving, you know, riding 16,000 miles up in the Andes Mountains playing over a gold mine for a brother. But he showed me, we, we walked in the entranceway, and you could see the veins there, but along with where the gold was, there was, there was copper, there was zinc, I forget what, there were several different things. And when they would mine that out, it had to be separated. That was part of the refining process. And so here's the thing, when God gives us a desire, when God gives us a dream, there's some things from our own self that get intermingled with it at times. My motives kind of get mixed up a little bit in there. My timing gets mixed up a little bit in there. How I think God ought to do it. I'm just preaching to myself this morning. Those are things that have to be refined out of it. And so as I'm, I'm pursuing this... And, you know, and it doesn't happen overnight, and maybe there's a setback or two, or maybe things like that happen. If I will just stay focused on God, stay focused on Him, keep following hard after Him, spending time with Him, pursuing that, 
under God, putting his kingdom before myself, then there's a refining process. All of a sudden, he begins to separate my desires from his desires, my timing from his timing, the way I think it ought to be done to the way God wants it to be done. Hallelujah. And see, that's an important part of the process. And when, as that comes to closer uh, fruition, there comes a resurrection because your dream will be tested. Look in First Peter. Real quickly, I've got to close here. <clears throat> First Peter, how are you doing out there? You doing okay? <laughs> First Peter chapter 1. <clears throat> he said, well, let's back up to verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. That means testings and trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Listen, God is interested in our development as much as He is interested in our dream. We're called the ultimate. Now, we haven't arrived there, but our ultimate call is what? Is that we might be transformed into the image of His dear Son. Isn't that right? That's God's ultimate plan for us. And so, understand this, that, that there is a refining as we pursue the dream of God. Now, I found this out. You know, I found out that, that tests and trials, difficulties come, you know, when I'm pursuing God and also when I'm pursuing my own way. But when I'm pursuing my own way, those tests and trials don't benefit me. But if I'm pursuing God's plan and God's will, then those tests and trials, what? They refine me, and they do not prevent the dream from coming to pass. As I said earlier, Satan always becomes active when we get a God dream. He wants to discourage us. He wants us to cause us to doubt. He wants us to give up on it. Hello? Has God really said? Did God really promise you that? Now, you know that God's not going to do that. Because if He was going to do it, it would have been done by now. I mean, it's been a week. God created the heavens and the earth in six days. Yeah, but He didn't have... He didn't have I started to say he didn't have you to work. He had to work through. But I'll just put it on me. <laughs> Same thing. When he created that, he wasn't dependent on me cooperating with him. But see, with the dream he's given, the way he's put it together, he wants me to cooperate with him. We're working together with him toward this. Isn't that right? You know, if God was just doing all this thing on his own, he'd have had it wrapped up a long time ago. But God has made the decision that He is going to work through His church, His redeemed people. Isn't that right? To bring salvation to the earth. It's our responsibility under God and with God's help. You say, why did God do it that way? I don't know. That's above my pay grade. You have to talk to God. But that's the way. I'm, I'm convinced from the Scriptures that's what He said. Paul said, we're co-laborers together with God, aren't we? 
So Satan becomes active. So don't worry. It, when, when thoughts of discouragement, when setbacks come, don't let that, don't let that throw you. It, it's going to happen. Remember when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist? He came up out of that water. The dove came down. The Holy Spirit, the form of a dove came down. And God spoke audibly from heaven. What a way to start your ministry. Mine didn't start that way. But what a way to start your ministry. That's amazing, isn't it? Wow. And you know what the next thing in Jesus' ministry was? Into the wilderness. Hot dog. That gets church excited. What? Even he as a pattern for us, wasn't he? He was tested. He was tried as he pursued God's plan and purpose for his life. He's our pattern in all things, isn't he? So this morning, I want you to be encouraged. God has given you a dream. I hope he has. If he's, has he given you a dream? Has he given you something? If not, then I encourage you. Listen, turn off the internet. Turn off the TV. Turn off all that stuff and turn on to God. Get alone in your prayer closet. You say, I don't have a prayer closet. Well, that's your first mistake. Get you one. It doesn't have to be a literal closet, but get you somewhere. Get you your bedroom, your walk-in closet, somewhere, the backyard, somewhere where you can be alone, undisturbed, and start spending some time with God. Take your Bible. Just start spending some time. Worship God. Don't go out there with all the gimmies. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Just go out there and love on God. Talk to God. Worship God. Pour out your heart to God. Spend some time with God. And get a God desire, a God dream concerning your life. I'm telling you, it'll, it'll take you places you never dreamed of. You see God do things that just amaze you. And you know, the good thing is, is you know, I get to go along for the ride. You get to go along with the ride. Because it's really God's dream. But he's loaning it to you so that you can pursue it. And together, he's going to do that. And you know what? It's going to cause you to grow. Spiritually, you, your faith's going to grow. Your love's going to grow. Your patience is going to grow. Your forgiveness is going to grow. Your confidence in God's going to grow. Your serving's going to grow. Your generosity's going to grow. Everything that we see in Jesus is going to begin to develop and grow in us. Wouldn't that be good? Wow. I don't know about you, but that's what I want. That's what I want. After 43 years, that's still what I want. Amen. Do you have a dream in your heart? Do you? If you don't, get one. The second question I would ask you, does your dream appear to be dead? It just don't look like it's getting anywhere. It doesn't look like it's getting anywhere. Well, here's the thing. Don't give up. Don't start to doubt. Don't start to get bitter. Just stay close to God. Stay close to God. Listen to what he's saying. You know, he will, you know here's the thing I found out. You know, the Bible says it. And, of course, you know, Abraham says Abraham was the father of faith, wasn't he? So he, he's our pattern of faith as well. And it says in Hebrews 11, it says that Abraham went out not knowing. 
You know, when God begins to formulate this dream, you'll have just enough to take the next step. See, we want to know everything. Where's every rest stop? I want to know all the restaurants we're going to be eating at, Lord. <laughs> well, you know, but God says, okay, pull out of the driveway. <laughs> Point your car in the right direction. And then as he goes along, he'll, he'll tell you where you need to stop or where you need to turn or where you, what. He will show you. It says Abraham went out not knowing. When you start this dream, you don't know all that from A to Z. That's God's part. But as you follow him step by step, you stay close to God. You begin to follow him. He'll begin to show you. Are you listening? So even though it may look like it's, it's dead, listen, get your dream in motion again. How do I do that? Go back to God. Go back to the source. Go back to the place where God began to speak with you and your, your time, your intimate time with God, your prayer time in the Bible. Amen? And then finally, don't give up on your dream. God will resurrect it for you. You presume He will resurrect it. We're talking about the power of resurrection. You may have had delayed. You may have had a setback, you know. But just because you've had a flat tire, don't give up on your destination. Amen. Change the tire. Get back in and head in the direction God told you. Amen. Will you bow your heads just a moment? If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I don't know if I have a dream from God. I know I have some things I want. I there's I some things I need. <laughs> I need a lot of stuff. I need a lot of things. I need I need peace. I, I need direction. I need provision. There's I've got lots of needs. Listen, in the dream of God are all those things. Jesus said this way, He said, seek first. God in His kingdom or the God of the kingdom and all these things will be added to you. Listen, you don't have to run helter-skelter looking for all these other things. Seek the first thing first. That is the kingdom of God. And you know how that begins? It begins by us making a decision to receive Jesus Christ into our life. To, to, to have a relationship with Him, a personal relationship with the living Savior. To know I've been forgiven. To know I've, I've been brought back into a right relationship with God. Now I can have fellowship with Him. I can trust in Him. I can, I can receive a dream from Him, but it has a starting place. And that starting place is what? Is believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that if we will believe in our heart that God's raised Him from the dead, resurrection. We'll believe in our heart that God has raised Him from the dead and that we will confess Him with our mouth as Lord and Savior. We shall be saved. If you're here this morning and you don't have that intimate relationship, you, you know that, that, that you're far from God, that, that 
you don't have that source in your life, the living Christ. But you say, this morning, Pastor, I, I believe in Jesus. I do. I believe He's the Son of God. I believe He died for my sins. I believe He was raised. I believe that. And I am receiving and accepting Him as my Savior and Lord this morning. Please pray for me in your prayer. Would you just put your hand up, put it back down? I'm going to look all over the room. Anywhere in here, I'm looking. I don't see any. One other thing I'm going to pray for. You say, Pastor, I need a dream from God, or I need my dream to be resurrected. It just seems like I've lost my joy. I've lost my sense of purpose about what God has for my life. Oh, I love God. I belong to God, but I've, I've lost some of that. But I want to get it back. Please include me in your prayer. If that's you, while heads are still bowed, would you just put your hand up, put it back down. All over the room, put your hand up, put it back down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, right now, for those who've lifted their hands, I pray, God, that they will return back to the source. The source of that dream. The source of their passion. The source uh, of that direction that they had in their life at one time. Lord, it's right there. It's right there. You said, Lord, that you are close. That we don't have to go up into heaven and bring Christ down again. But Father, that, that you are near. The word is near them. Even in their heart and in their mouth. Lord, restore, as they return to you, restore the dream, restore the passion, restore the purpose again. Father, for all the rest of us that are pursuing that, that dream you've given in our heart, that passion and purpose, I pray, O oh Lord, that each one will be strengthened by the spirit of might and power in their inner man. I pray, Lord, that they continue to walk in the wisdom of God, in the spirit of wisdom and revelation as they run their race. And fulfill their purpose. Thank you for it Father. In Jesus name. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. And pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church. Visit www.mypassion.church.